Father, thanks for this morning. Thanks for the uh, promise of a new day. The uh, encouragement of the scripture, I think, of uh, Gary's passage even last week in 2 Corinthians 5.17, which reminds us, Behold, in Christ we are new creations. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And I thank you for that newness this morning. I thank you for a clean slate, one that we get to move forward, that we don't have to drag our sins and mistakes from yesterday, but you give us fresh hope today with the promise of uh, your provision to, to be all that we need uh, to live for Christ. So to that end, Father, we give ourselves to you. We ask for a guidance in the next hour and a half together that you would make us more like Jesus as a result. Thanks for this time, in Christ's name. Amen. Keep coming in, fellas. Well, this is a, a, a good little morning for us. Uh, this particular uh, day holds a passage that it basically uh, has one of the, the core values that we have been about as a church since our inception 10 years ago. And so I'm going to kind of lead us towards that. And then when we uh, go to our groups as leadership and staff, uh, uh, particularly spawning out of an elder meeting to realize you had this passage. We thought this was a terrific idea, a time that you guys in your small groups could work through the material we call the Lord of the Ring. Uh, this is a series that, uh, uh, that Todd did years ago that has been used again and again and again in every facet of our ministries. We have become ridiculous in our pursuit of resolving conflict around here. And we truly believe it's been one of our distinctives. The fact that we are very, very passionate about ending gossip, about ending conflict in such a way that really honors Christ. And we've contended all along that the keys to resolving conflict, whether it be in a marriage or in a business or between friends, that the very core of that has been in this passage in Matthew 18 that we're in today. But I'm going to put it in context for you very briefly as, we, as I make a few comments before I send you to your group. Because as we roll into chapter 18, we've seen these, these themes going on that we've shared the last couple of weeks. That you know Jesus is trying to build men of faith. He is trying to put together a core of men that will carry on this great message that will change the world. And as these guys go in and out of their lessons... You wonder, are they ever going to make it? Are they, going to, are they going to be ready when it's their turn to take over the baton? And so when you reach chapter 18, you've had the last few chapters, you've had these guys going everywhere from watching these incredible miracles where they fed 5,000 and 10,000 at a time. And, and Jesus doing these incredible things to the fact that they would even forget to bring the bread after they finished the miracle. They got in the boat and they had seven big deals of bread and they forgot it. And, and Jesus is going, are you guys getting this at all? And they'll refer to them as men of little faith and they can't do things until they grow in their faith. And then you'll see Peter have a great moment where he declares that, that Jesus is the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, that's right and that's upon that this, this truth. I'm going to build my church. So he builds them all up only to watch them sink again. And they go on this roller coaster. And honestly, fellas, it reminds me of us. And how God continues to entrust us with opportunities to be His spokespersons. 
spoke, however that word works, spokespeople. And yet, in there are some days we have great moments. And then other days we don't do as well. And yet His faithfulness to us to grow us so that we make less mistakes and we become more like His Son is the quest all along. And you think they're about to get it. They've seen some really good things going on here. And chapter 18 rolls into it. And then they ask this question. And I know this question always kind of makes Jesus probably scratch his head. And the question is, at that time the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Don't you love this? You know, it's, it's, no matter what's going on, you know, their successes and failures, what's really on the back of their mind is, you know, who's really the good one here? Peter's been getting a lot of accolades lately. You know, he's been, he's been getting a lot of ball lately. And so I think some of the disciples are probably going, you know what, well, who, who's going to get to be the greatest? And, it, and you see him kind of pause in the text, and he doesn't answer it right away. And I think it, that's a, it's a great thing to, to notice as you're studying the Scriptures, that when somebody asks a question, exactly what it is that Jesus answers. Jesus eventually gets to that question. But the question to him wasn't, who's the greatest? The question is, do you know what's important? You see, you really seem to be a lot more worried about you than you are about it. And it is the things that God's uh, concerned about. He answers the question, do you, do you really understand what's important? And what is not as important as if you think you're going to be the greatest or not? You see, when we ask the wrong questions first... Our lives get totally out of whack. I find that true whether it's me or it's you or these disciples. If you're asking the wrong questions first, then your priorities are out of line. And the question shouldn't be, who's the greatest? The question should be, what should I be about? You know, back in Matthew 6, he addressed this very same question. They're concerned about all these things. He says, guys, let me tell you, if you're really concerned about getting your act together, then you need to live priorities. And you need to know what your first priority is. And your first priority is seeking me first. That's the only thing you should be concerned with. You shouldn't be concerned with whether or not you'll be on the top ten greatest list. You should be concerned with what it means to have a relationship with me and how to serve me. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Line up your priorities. I've been counseling young men for a long time when they, they get to that stage in, the, in their lives and they start thinking, you know what I really need is a spouse. I need a spouse more than anything else, and that will complete me and my world will be complete. They go, well, if you really think you need a spouse, then you need to get your priorities together because... The most important thing is for you to be the man God wants you to be. I've told this to my children. I tell this to my young guy friends that I spend time with. The most important thing you can think about in getting ready to tackle your world, whether it's business or your marriage or your family, is you. We call that self-leadership. To understand what it means to get your own act together in pursuit of Christ. And as you think about that, we go back to Matthew 18.1. And he goes back there, and the question is not who's the greatest, but he says, I'll tell you, the most important thing is knowing me. He says the most important thing, he grabs a little child, 
And he said, Truly I say to you, unless you are like, like these, these children, and you become converted like children, you will not enter the kingdom of God. What he was telling the disciples is the most important thing is how you get into heaven. Not if you'll be the greatest. And so he builds this case of priorities. And so he spends the next couple of uh, verses, this very beautiful thing about children. His, uh, following Christ in the theme of bread, following Christ in the theme of children, all these things tell us more about theology than, than just about anything else I can suggest. But he's really big on this children thing. He says, faith like a child. What is the faith of a child? Faith of a child is totally dependence on their father. It's not questioning their authority. It's not wondering if he's going to be there. It's not even challenging. There is no one that rivals the role of a father to a young baby, one, a small child. And he says, that's what I want. He says, I want you to be able to trust me. And then he goes on and he says, and then you're going to have humility like a child, which is the dependence, which is the process of really trusting. This whole relationship is very important to Jesus because it, it distinguishes the Christian faith, guys, quite honestly. Every other religion that we could get into, and if we wanted to delve into it, put your list up there. Every other faith system, every other religious system has a works basis to it. Do you understand that? Whether it's the uh, Muslim faith, whether it's uh, the Mormons, all, all the other big ones that are a part of our country today, not counting all the Eastern stuff and and a lot of the humanist stuff. But every one of them is a works-based system. That means you've got to believe, but you've got to do. And Jesus wants to make it very clear, you can never do anything to earn His love. And so He says, it's like children. What do children instinctively know? There's, there's nobody like Dad. There's nobody like Dad. And that's why He all goes on and He talks about stumbling blocks after that. Uh, he, can, he moves into this, what's important? They ask him who's the greatest, and Jesus spends a little time telling them what's important. And he says it's important to have faith. That's how you enter the kingdom of God. It's important to have faith, to have humility as a child. And he says it's important not to be a stumbling block, not only to yourself, but to anybody else. In other words, he's trying to say, he says, there should be nothing that gets in your way of pursuing Christ. If your hands are getting in your way, cut them off. If your eyes are getting in your way, pluck them out. He's being very, very graphic here, but what he's trying to get us to say is, men, there is nothing, nothing that he tolerates less than people that get in the way of people understanding who he is. Your spiritual life, your journey could be described as removing the stumbling blocks. Whatever's in your way from keeping you being fully devoted to Christ, that's what you're supposed to extricate. That's a great question to ask daily when you're with, with spending time with the Lord. Father, what are the stumbling blocks in my life? What's keeping me back from following you with everything I've got? Could be my job. Could be my bank account. Could be a lot of excuses. Well, I need to get this done and this done before I can get serious about serving. Really? Sounds to me like that could be a stumbling block. That's the beauty of having a little bit of community helping you see the stumbling blocks in your way. Because Jesus is very, very serious here. You can tell by the length in the passage that He wants you to deal with stumbling blocks and He doesn't want you and me to be a stumbling block. So He answers these questions. 
about being like a child, faith like a child, humility like a child. Don't mess with a child. And then we get down into uh, uh, verse 12. And he says, what else is important to me? The lost. Remember, the question is, who's the greatest? And he's telling them what's important. Who's the greatest? Let me tell you what's important. Children are important. Your faith's important. Not being a stumbling block is important. And the lost are important. Quit worrying about being the greatest. Develop my heart for the lost. And he has this great picture of 99 and he goes after, has 100 and goes after the one. And then we move down into this uh, verse 15. And this, the passage from verse 15 to verse 20 is this passage uh, on what I call the art of retrieval. Um, Todd's repackaged it along with some other folks, that, and we call it the Lord of the Ring. And it's about conflict resolving, but now we put this in context. I've been telling you that Jesus has responded to them in what's important. And I'll tell you what is important to Jesus is not only your personal faith, your walk with Him, your care for the lost. Now, he's, the, the concern is, is for those that have, uh, that have fallen. This is the passage I say, this is the art of retrieval. Going after friends, going after issues that have caused conflict, that have caused problems. Because to Jesus, it's not just about the lost person that doesn't know Him. It's also that person that knows Him that is messed up. And I would dare to offer this morning, guys, that every one of us has fallen into that category more than once. Because that's the nature of the fact that we still have our sin nature, now we have our new nature, they're in conflict. We screw up. And occasionally we screw up enough to the point where we need to have somebody come after us and tell us we're idiots. And so therefore, that's the very heart of resolving conflict. You see, that's the great part about being part of the family of Christ. Is that even though when you mess up and you fall off to the side, God has a plan for your restoration. And oftentimes that plan for your restoration or my restoration is that guy sitting next to you is the person that cares enough to get involved in your mess. And this thing that, that we have, uh, have pushed forward that has become a, really a big part of all that, that we're here about here at this particular group of uh, followers over here at a place we call Watermark, this conflict resolution is, is really huge stuff. We've become fanatics about it. But we really live in peace. You see, it's a dangerous thing when a person messes up because there's a lot that goes on with this deal. Their their self-value goes down. They don't think they'll ever be accepted again. They're embarrassed. There's a lot of things that goes on with sin. We know that. And God gives us a great text to help us deal with it. So we're going to turn you loose to do that in just a second. I want to make a last comment about the end of this chapter before I turn you loose to work through that. And that's this whole deal about forgiveness. If you've spent any time getting ready for this week's lesson, you'll notice that the last section of chapter 18 is the largest section of, of uh, chapter 18. And it's on forgiveness. And it's the, the conversation where the man who owes something against his master, and he pleads his case with him, and his master forgives him. And then he turns around, and he goes, and he strangles everybody else for what is owed them. Now, we have this little deal in Bible study called the laws of proportion. 
In other words, when you look at a whole chapter, and half of a chapter is dedicated to one issue, the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us something. The law of proportion tells you that is an important issue to Jesus. Because he's been telling everybody what is important. And he's telling them about personal faith and children and going after the lost and retrieving those who have fallen to the side. And then he spends this whole big section saying for unforgiveness. And what he's trying to get across to men like you and me is this very thing. That we stand in line to be forgiven by God. It's not that big a deal to be, that's not really true. That's, it's not as big a deal that we would recognize that we need somebody to forgive us. You know, it's just not that hard to get there. What is often hard to get to, though, is getting from that point in forgiving other people. Because at the root of so many people's issues is this root of bitterness, is this inability or unwillingness to forgive other people. And Jesus sets this whole thing up for us to, for him, for us to understand that the reason, uh, the big part of the reason why we are saved is so that we can turn around and forgive others. That that's where life comes. Because to, to drag the baggage through life of people owing you something or that you have this in, uh, sense of retribution that's gnawing away at you or that you've got to have revenge for how you were mistreated or dealt poorly with eats away at your core. And Jesus knows that. And the people that seem to really have life in a healthy way are the people that can release those who have offended them. And so he spends this whole section on talking about, if you've been forgiven, you need to learn how to forgive other people. He says, that will be a huge step of freedom for you. And Jesus is saying that I've made that possible for you. You want to go around and taunt your forgiveness and your eternal life because of Christ. And that, that's such a great thing. And then you are the person that holds grudges and it is embracing bitterness towards people that you've never released. Then there's an inconsistency there. And Jesus is trying to point that out to you. He said, you're not living your faith. Being free, being forgiven for your sin is freedom. It's freedom. It's in slavery then to go and take others and put them into your captivity. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes it's an act of the will. But Jesus declares it to be an act of obedience. That as we are forgiven, we forgive other people. He, doesn't, he has not designed you and me to be the persons that have to carry that through life. And I see it. I see it in people's eyes at times. You know, they're still angry about parent things or family things or business things or that God's given them a tough deal on, on health and finances. And, and I'm, I thought, you've got to release it. That's what Christ died for. Not only to give you the hope of eternal life, but to free us from having to carry this baggage. 
Well, I would like us to really spend our time this morning getting, getting to our groups to, re- to actually work through this. We think this is a great time. This is like having a private tutoring session with, with all the leadership of the church. And many of you who are other leaders in areas, this is a great opportunity to sharpen those skills and help those that are in your group uh, become sharpened on the art of retrieval and resolving conflict. So we're going to turn you loose to that and... God bless you and have a great day.